Welcome to the Old Cow Podcast, where two women over 50 living in different countries and their weekly guests from around the world dig deep into life after 40 and ask themselves, how can we stop others from thinking of us as old if that's how we see ourselves? From real talk about everything from what is annoying about aging, the weird things that begin happening to our bodies as we age, what healthy aging is, how dating and sex is different in the second half of life, the latest fashion trends for any age, beginning a new career, what love looks like as we age, starting over, and real talk about politics and current events through an older and more experienced lens. Nothing is off the table in this refreshingly honest, fun podcast. Here are your hosts, real-life friends, Jill and Ava. Today we're talking to Dr. Christian Bisanga, founder of the BHR Clinic Brussels. And due to his work ethic and constant improvement and development, BHR has evolved into one of the absolute leading and elite hair restoration clinics worldwide. He has a reputation for his medical excellence and unique artistic vision. It is because of such factors that he is globally respected as one of the very leading surgeons in the industry. Welcome. We're so glad that you're here. Thank you so much for taking the time to meet with us. Thank you for having me. Um, So I wanted to tell you, I was reading your bio, very impressive, and it says that you began in obstetrics. Did I read that correctly? Yes. So that's a really interesting segue from obstetrics to hair. How did that happen exactly? (laughs) Too many bald heads? (laughs) Too many bald heads, yeah. (laughs) At birth. (laughs) No, you know, obstetrics is uh, heavier uh, as a specialty. And just, you know, when I started soul searching and... uh, asking myself if it's what I want to do for the rest of my life. Because at that point, I didn't have any life because I was in and out the hospital. And uh, then I decided that it was time to change. Also, oh, how long mm. did you do that? No, I did that for two years. And then uh, I went to emergency medicine first for four or five years. And then... Uh, I was just uh, worn out uh, with the cause and uh, the misery and all that. So then I decided to to pursue other venue. That's where I get uh, an interview for hair transplant. At that time, I didn't know much about it. And uh, I started and uh, I fell in love with it. And it's been going on for 22 years. Oh, wow, that's great. But can I just ask you, in theory, then, some of the babies you delivered can now be your patients for hair transplants. Is that correct? (laughs) Exactly, yeah. And you would never know. (laughs) (laughs) So, so, okay, we understand that you're a surgeon and you specialize in, um, you'll correct me, I'm sure, if I'm wrong, Mm -hmm. but you specialize in, in hair, what do we call it, regeneration? Hair transplant. Right. So it is hair transplant. And I've been reading your bio also, and you specialize in, let me get the acronyms uh, explained, F-U-E and F-U-T. What what, what are these? Okay. F-U-E stands for follicular unit extraction. Basically, this is one of the methods how you harvest hair follicles 
by taking one by one. So uh, this method do not leave a linear scar compared to FUT, that's a follicular unit transplant, whereby we take a strip of hair uh, in the back of a patient's head, and then we have to suture, so we leave a linear scar. So those are two different techniques. Um, the first one, obviously, um, is the most popular one because you can imagine there's no uh, scarring, so people can wear the hair shorter. But the only problem with that one, you have to shave your head in order to harvest the hair. Where the other one, you don't have to shave your head. So for people who do not want to shave the head, um, FUT could be uh, the best option. Um, okay, now please don't make fun of me, but I don't really know what you just said. So in layman's <laughs> terms, what does it mean to harvest the hair? I mean, I understood the difference about the scar. That's about all that I understood. So I would probably want the first one. But I, what does harvest the hair mean for people that don't understand what that means? Yeah, when you do hair transplant, is patients who are bald or are thinning, you taking hair from the back and the side of the head and you uh. transfer the hair with the follicles, with the root, okay. so it can regrow. So that transferring, that's what I'm calling harvesting, is almost uh. like going to in a field and harvesting potatoes, but here we're harvesting hair follicles, and then we're transferring it to the area where you're boiling or you're thinning. So you're replanting. So how do you know that your potato will grow in the area where it didn't before? The potato will grow because you need to check to make sure that the soil, actually the scalp, mm -hmm. uh, is uh, doesn't have any scab disease. There are few scab disease that could be a hindrance for the growth. So you need to check them before. And uh, we have different tools that you can use to check and make sure that the scab is devoid of any uh, issues. So then you can transfer your hair and you'll be sure that it can grow. Is so, um what is that? I'm sorry. What is the um what is the uh, disease that you're looking for or diseases? There are many diseases. The first one is lichen plano pilaris, is one of uh, what we call scarring um, alopecia. Alopecia is the scientific term for hair loss. So scarring alopecia is one of the reasons why some of the people lose hair. And in case of scarring alopecia, hair transplant is not an indication. You need to take treatment via your dermatologist. Um, but the main cause of hair loss, like in men, is just a genetic hair loss that we call androgenetic alopecia, where 95% um, of men suffer from that. Uh, and um, women also have menopause. So you can uh, really uh, get a hair transplant without any problem, any fear of uh, having no growth. Interesting. Right. How interesting. So, so the success rate overall, if if you have 
that condition that that's still it still exists it's still possible or it's not possible the disease has to be treated first medically yeah. and right. then uh, the dermatologist will give you a clearance so then you can have the surgery and even when you have the surgery the surgery by itself can reunite the disease so the success rate could be around 50-60% when you have a scar disease that's amazing. I didn't know it existed. That's that's incredible. Is that the Jada Pinkett Smith? Is that what they're referring to with that whole slap? No. Around the world? Jada has another condition that's called uh, alopecia areata. Uh, so where you lose more more of uh, the scalp. That's also a immune system uh, condition, and that. A uh, transplant is not going to work. Oh wow! Right, I don't know who you just referred to. It must be somebody. Will Smith's over. wife. Do you remember that whole? She's also oh, right. yeah. yeah. the whole. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> the famous slap. Yeah. <laughs> well, when you're as beautiful as her, I don't think hair is too much of an issue. To be fair. <laughs> <laughs> So, so these are very broad questions, so forgive us, but is there a particular hair type that is more difficult to work with or that your success rate, where your success rate is, is lower? I mean, Jill, for instance, has a huge amount of thick hair that's naturally curly. I mean, there could be a nest in there. We'd never know. Um, but, uh, where, but I my, my bird in there. <laughs> mine is just i have i think i have lots hairdressers would describe it as i have lots of hair but it's very fine i mean is is does it matter what the hair type is no it doesn't matter what the hair type is as long as there's no scalp diseases uh any hair type can uh, have a hair transplant a successful hair transplant is no problem there are some particularity with curly hair, because they are curly outside, but it can also be curly inside. So there are some tricks where harvesting hair that is curlier, but uh, overall, you can work with uh, finer hair, medium finer hair, coarse, kinky hair, you know, curly hair with no problem. Right. Interesting. Wow. How long does the procedure take? Is it a single process? Do people need to go to you, let's say, three times? Or how does that work? Depending on the size of the procedure, because uh, not everybody have the same type of balding or the same surface that is affected. So the average, most of the surgery lasts around six to seven hours, is under local anesthesia. So the patient is awake. And uh, you can talk, watch TV, and interact with the team. Uh, so it's a six, seven hours procedure in average. That's really long. It's long, but it's done, you know, one by one. So there is no uh, machine involved. Uh, if you want quality, is really like haute couture. So you just uh, have to do it by hand and one by one. Uh, so... Some people may have to repeat it. If you have a bigger boldness, we may do it over two or three consecutive days to try to cover uh, the whole surface. But, you know, once it's done, people can go by five, ten years without needing 
another transplant uh, in the area. Where do you actually operate? Where are you based? Because you seem to go to many places. I'll go to many places to do consultation, but my main base is here in Belgium, uh, a little bit outside of Brussels, in a town near Waterloo. So I'm sure Eva will know where is yes, Waterloo. Yes, very familiar, <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. So I was about to say, you say that you do it one by one and it's by hand. Um, so do you do you use any equipment? What what's what do you have in your hand when you're doing this procedure? Yeah, so we have an equipment uh, that uh, hold what we call a punch. It's a small circular tool that encompass the hair that we use to to free the hair from its attachment. Yeah, it's called a punch. It's a small <laughs> circular punch. Is it uh, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. It's really interesting. My God, I wish we could see you do it, but I guess you don't want us to come and watch you. Oh, <laughs> well, you guys can come. <laughs> we have open houses, so you guys can come. Do you really? Yeah, yeah. If you want to come, so just uh, let Hinders know and uh, yeah. we can accommodate it and you can come and I uh, can walk you through a procedure and see it. Will you feed us? <laughs> yeah, I'll feed you for sure. It's typical American. <laughs> <laughs> so so you touched on it earlier, um, but just to recap, you, you think the main reasons for, for hair loss or hair thinning is, is genetic or it's presumably re- related to aging in some way, women losing hair or having thin hair after the menopause. Mm. So yeah. there are there are different reasons why we lose hair. Obviously, uh, uh, if we go to women, women will lose hair mainly um, after menopause, but they will lose also hair because they have anemia, uh, so deficiency in iron, deficiency in vitamin D, some thyroid. Uh, Dysfunction can lead to hair loss and any stress-related infection. We see that now post-COVID. We have a lot of hair loss post-COVID. It's called telogenic fluvium where people are losing more hair just because the body went to a stressful event and uh, and then the hair is starting shedding. so the, those are the main causes, but then you have scalp disease that, like what I say, uh, lichen planopilaris, called LPP, uh, in uh, uh, patient of uh, Afro descent, they have what we call CCCA or uh, and traction alopecia because of the weave, the extensions that they've been using, and then you have alopecia areata. A lot of other conditions that uh, uh, will lead to hair loss. But the main thing in women is uh, also the way you groom your hair. If you color your hair all the time, some people have fragile hair shaft. So if you put coloring that can have some harsh chemical, it can lead to hair breakage and, uh, and create hair loss. So you have to be aware of that. 
Right. Oh, I'm cringing yeah. because I color my hair. I so hope that's am I. I'm, cringing. <laughs> I'm cringing. Stress, COVID, right. no, no vitamin D. <laughs> I'm cringing. That would explain my my fringe being so fine, <laughs> being too fine. Do you, um, do you? I mean, you, you mentioned something that I've never heard before, but I think it's important for people that do weave in their hair. So is that, are you saying that's not a good thing to do for your hair? I don't know that a lot of people know that actually. Is that yeah. what you're saying or it depends on the woman? No, I think it's not. That's what I think. You know, any, any uh, traction, any pulling, sustaining pulling uh, on the hair will lead to hair breakage of some sort of form. And if you do that longer, so you can imagine that most women at a certain age, starting showing some sign of hair loss just because of uh, all the the grooming uh, style they've been using in the past 10, 20 years. You know, uh, the, you have a problem not when you start. It's usually 20 years later down the line that people start right. seeing the damage created oh. by all these type of... Uh, uh, hairstyle. There should be exception. There should not be a permanent way of uh, wearing your hair. Yeah, I guess we're 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 as in terms of how we're sold to. We're we're sold um, by the the big companies, the hair companies. We're told that it's for the health of your hair, but actually, it's for the the follicle. We should be <laughs> taking care of the follicle as opposed to the hair itself. We have to take both, you know. Uh, your hair, obviously, uh, the condition of your hair outside is the mirror of what's happening inside. So you have to take care both of inside and outside. So how you take care of inside, you have to have a balanced diet, making sure you don't apply harsh chemicals and stuff like that. And then uh, from outside, you have to have good grooming practice, you know, using products that uh, are less uh, toxic for for your scalp, for for your hair. Okay, based on this, I'm pretty sure I'm going to be bald like any minute. <laughs> In any case, now I'm really depressed, but okay. Um, is there an optimum age or time for someone to have this kind of procedure? Like, would you prefer, do you very often think to yourself, God, I wish you came 10 years ago, or is that completely irrelevant? It's irrelevant. It's really when you feel like you can't take it anymore. Uh, some people are very comfortable with the bowling and all that, so... Uh, it's not a problem, but for women, they should consult quickly once they start seeing any sign of hair falling or thinning, itching of a scalp. Uh, things like itching of a scalp should not be considered as normal. And, you know, sometimes the only sign of those scarring alopecia is just itching. You know, your scalp is itching, burning sensation. So all this, you know, you need to consult a dermatologist who specialize in hair loss. Right. Would you say that there are any, let's say, natural ways to encourage hair regrowth? Or just yeah. looking after it? No, no, there are natural ways of uh, really encouraging hair to grow. We just have to make sure that uh, uh, you have good grooming habits, uh, good shampoo, uh, 
uh, a lot of protein, make sure to take a supplement of zinc and all that. So, yeah, there are natural ways, but just I have to make sure that uh, you have a balanced diet. But nowadays it's becoming difficult. Even things that we've been sold on a, on a market or on a supermarket are not good. So you don't really know if uh, you can say I'm eating a lot of salad, I'm eating a lot of things, but sometimes there's nothing in those salads. So you don't get all the nutrients and the mineral that you need for your hair. So you're saying zinc and you said iron. Is there anything else? Uh, zinc, iron, you need vitamin B. Uh, all uh, all these uh, ingredients that help uh, in uh, the making of your hair shaft. Okay. Um, do you do you find that there's um is it like an equal ratio between your male and female clients? Uh, I mean, I always pictured men doing this, but I feel like a lot of women talk about it now. So is are your male client is your male clientele increasing? Like I don't know if you even think about that. Do you notice a difference at all? What I'll say for the men patients. We're seeing younger and younger patients pushing the door of a hair transplant clinic, maybe because the awareness uh, today with uh, Instagram and all the social media, so they are bombarded by those images. So they're more self-conscious that they can have a solution um, compared to 10 years ago where we didn't really see a lot of those young patients. For women, uh, usually uh, either they consult very late where they have lost a lot of hair, uh, but some of them have been struggling with uh, hair loss for years and uh, they just go to the hairdresser trying to get all the vitamins, all the product that the hairdresser will try to sell them, but they actually never thought that they can go to a dermatologist and uh, have uh, uh, the condition checked, you know, have a blood test done to check what thyroid dysfunctions, uh, to check for iron deficiency, vitamin D deficiency, all this stuff that, uh, you know, when you push a door of a dermatologist that they will be able to, to analyze and uh, if anything to correct and give you plenty uh, for your hair to start growing back. Right, right. I, mean, I we talk about alarm bells ringing. I have two uh, grown up daughters, and they will be extremely interested in what you've just said. And and my alarm bells will be ringing because I don't know how much this costs. Would you say it's an affordable? I know it's all relative, but is it an affordable procedure? Is it? It's it's it, you know, it it could be sometimes it's expensive, sometimes. When you started and go first just for the treatment, is very affordable, you know. Uh, if you have lost a lot of hair, because we mostly charge per hair, per graph. Uh, so if you have a big boldness, yes, it may become expensive. But at the beginning, when you just, especially for women, when they just notice that the hair thinning or they're shedding a little bit too much, yeah. uh, there are treatments that are completely affordable. And you do an online, you have an online process where somebody would um, send photographs and you would take a look and make recommendations. Is that right? Yes. You know, people can send the email at uh, info at bhrclinic.com 
or they can go on our website that is bhrclinic.com and there is a consultation questionnaire that they can fill up and then somebody will contact them and uh, walk them through process and how either if they're a good candidate for transplant or if they just need uh, medical advice, medical treatment, and I do uh, some uh, online uh, video video conference and uh, video consultations as well. And we'll put that information. We have um, online groups for this mm-hmm. podcast. So we will put all your information in that group so people know how to reach you. We'll continue our conversation in a moment. But first, a message from our first sponsor. You're listening to the Old Cow Podcast, diving deep into life after 40. Check out the Old Cow store on Facebook or at oldcowllc.myshopify.com. You'll find discounts and exclusive savings. Now back to the show with your hosts, Jill and Ava. Um, so now since it's just the three of us talking and no one will hear this, um, <laughs> you can confess to us, is there anyone famous that you look at and think, God, if I could just get that head, is there anyone like that? <laughs> no, you have people looking at, you know, a lot of patients come and say, I want Brad Pitt hairline, you know, so, or George Clooney hairline. So, really? uh, uh, yeah, a lot of people come with that. You Wait, know, can you do uh, that? Yeah, if you have the same shape head, yeah. But uh, sometimes the drama is uh, say, listen, your head shape do not match, so it's gonna be <laughs> difficult to recreate. It's gonna be difficult to recreate Brad Pitt or, or George Clooney head. I think they forget <laughs> that the face has to also be like that. No, but is there someone that's bald that you've looked at and said, or like thinning, and you're like, God, I wish I could fix that person. There's no one that you've ever thought that. No, because, uh, because you're well, people are just content, you know. Some, you know, when you look at people like Bruce Willis and all that, they start oh, feeling yes. pretty young, and uh, but you know, they never really bother. They accept the boldness and they shave the head and uh, move on. Yeah, he worked with it, didn't he? It didn't doesn't yeah. cause him any problems whatsoever. No, never cause any problem. But then you have others who try and they had by the hair transplant and uh, they had to hide in the weeds and all that. So, yeah. you know. Can you spot a person that's had the procedure? You know, like plastic surgeons do that and they'll say she had a face. Yeah. Oh, yeah. you can? <laughs> yes. Interesting. That's so funny. Mm. Oh, my gosh. You can. And- 97% you can see them. Oh, Really? Yeah, we can see. I can spot. I can say that this is a hair transplant. And this is a natural one. But uh, yes, I can spot that. Wow. Well, this is absolutely fascinating. And thanks for taking the time to uh, to tell us all about what you do. It's a highly skilled procedure. And uh, I, I, I'm I'm just going to load up on vitamin D and zinc and just see how it Espe- goes. Especially for winter. We really need to make the habit of uh, uh, of taking vitamin D uh, supplementation at least, you know, just two three months before winter, because uh, a lot of people have vitamin D deficiency. You know, when I do blood tests, is almost eighty percent of the population are deficient in vitamin D. That's a lot. Because we don't, 
We oui. don't expose ourselves a lot to the sun. You're supposed to be uh, exposing yourself in the sun, but w- most of us, we we run from the car to the building with AC and uh, we hardly take time to just stay in the sun and and get some vitamin D for an hour per day. Yeah. Even those who live in Florida who are uh, in good weather or those who live in the Caribbean and all that, uh, a lot of them are vitamin D deficient. That's extraordinary. I suppose there's a, there's, it's about balance, isn't it? And people are afraid exactly. of sun damage, but exactly. on the other hand, we need it, yeah. Well, fascinating. Thank you. Um, we, we like to finish with uh, a couple of questions for our guests that uh, are kind of, kind of trivial, but we think they're fun. So are you, are you open to uh, a few yeah. trivial questions? Yeah, so yes. um, one that we like is, um, is there something that your parents never talked to you about that you wish they had? <laughs> I know. Uh, You're not prepared for these questions. Feel free to. <laughs> we can cut it out. Uh, we can cut it out. No, no. <laughs> uh, I would say my parents were, were very conservative, so they never really talked about how... To navigate through your career, your life after you know, they just thought that you know you go to school, you you finish and you start working. But uh, actually, they never talk about how you're gonna love your job if you love your job. And so me, I had a hard time even convincing my dad. My mom passed away a long time ago, but my dad just said, "Okay, I'm gonna stop uh, the obstetrics and uh, I'm gonna go into." Uh, you know, when I was talking to him that I'm going to hair, he didn't understand. Uh, uh, you're going to be like a hairdresser, you know. Um, so yeah, hair transplant for him, yeah. Yeah. Uh, for him uh, hair transplant was, uh, he could not imagine that there are even doctors that treat hair, hair or hair disease. <laughs> You know? Yeah. Well, I suppose it is a fairly in 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 the, the whole scheme of things, it is a fairly recent uh, practice. Yeah, it's been there around for long, but uh, it's just uh, most of the time back in the days when people were doing it was a sort of taboo. Oh, they were not talking. Yeah. yeah, they were not talking about it. You know, yeah. uh, because people think that you're vain. You know, a man was going to do a hair transplant, a hair procedure. And then back then, the, the, the transplants were not looking natural. They have a lot of plaggy hair. Right. And you were looking plaggy, so people didn't like it. So uh, they were calling even, oh, did you go get your plugs and all that. So yeah. uh, all that pushed people away from uh, considering that. And those who were doing it, they didn't want anybody to know about it. Most, yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Um, so for better or worse, the, we have personality traits that we've inherited from our parents. Is there exactly. something, it, well, it, having said that, is there something that you think that you've inherited that you wish you hadn't? <laughs> My big eyes. <laughs> Why? Oh. You have nice eyes. <laughs> 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 that's so funny um well, is there something that you're you inherited that you're very glad about 
Yeah, yeah, I think the rest, you know, the, the smile and uh, <laughs> the rest. Oh, but what about something like personality? Is there anything like that? Yeah, personality wise, I'm an open guy, and uh, you know, I think uh, I received that from my mother, who was a joyful person. So, yeah, yeah. being being happy every day, just uh, you wake up, you thankful and. Uh, uh, and you go by without uh, uh, roughing any feathers and saying, you know, life is about being happy in the morning and not grumpy and all that. So, and um, I remember my mom every morning, hey, you need to be happy before going to school. You need to smile. So I think that's uh, something I kept. That's great. And, uh, that's a great trait, yeah. You can yeah. sell that along with... Uh, <laughs> I think you do really well. You're yeah. damn proud. Yeah, you have a you have a lovely bedside manner. It's fair to yeah, say. you do. For the audience who doesn't know this, we just bumped into him on the train, oh, and we had such nice. a lovely stories. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> our final question is a fun one. Um, do you remember what your favorite childhood toy or game was, and do you still have it? Uh, toys, no, but game was football or soccer, as you call it uh, in America. And, Correct uh, way, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> play with uh, foot and uh, uh, usually uh, still enjoying from time to time, but uh, I haven't had time to play in a while. But yeah, yeah that was my favorite, it's been my favorite sport. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Oh, well, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. Thank you for taking the time. And our listeners, I'm sure, will be fascinated because we've learned a lot. And I'm Thank pretty you. sure I'll be visiting you for your services. <laughs> Thank you, Eva. Thank you, Jill. It was a, such a pleasure. And I remember our ride together on the train from Brussels to to London, so it was absolutely a fantastic ride. It was, Thank it you. was so nice meeting you, and we hope that we will see you in person soon. Yeah, we might organize that. Yeah, so it'll be nice. Maybe next time you're here, we'll we'll come there. But anyway, it was really nice talking to you, and thank you so much. I know this was a little bit difficult because you are very busy, but I really appreciate your taking the time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Ava. Chill. He's so sweet. I love him. I really think I'm going to have to go there. <laughs> I'm not joking. Uh, I can easily hop on the Eurostar and get my fringe thickened. <laughs> <laughs> so just move my moustache. Right. You can take it from my moustache. I don't meant to ask him that. Can you take it off your back? Not my back. But like men. <laughs> just for the audience to know if we're still recording. All right. Um, no, do you know a lot of times people say, you're so lucky you have such thick hair. And then I'm like, okay, I have thick hair everywhere. I have hairy legs. <laughs> I have like, you know, and I have a mustache. So I, I think people like should be careful what they wish for. I really wasn't kidding when I said that when he was saying like the risk factors, I'm like, oh my God, I'm literally going to be bald like a doorknob by tomorrow. I mean, it's like, oh my God, me? my eyes are cut my head. Me? I have no vitamin D at all. In my how many life times life have life. I told you that? Uh, but, what, yeah, but I take supplements, but I still don't know how good they are. Because you're going to go from country to country doing re- like reduce. <laughs> Regeneration. Global. We can rebuild her. <laughs> I know. I want to. Um, hi, hi, Jill. I'm in Japan. I'm getting new legs. 
<laughs> but I think we should go. That should be our next trip. We should go to him. If he's going to let us watch surgery, maybe he'll let us help. Uh, Jill, pass the scalpel. <laughs> Jill, you dropped the hair. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Show your support by subscribing and receive exclusive behind-the-scenes episodes. Please give us a five-star rating and a positive review if you liked what you heard and think others should check us out so that we can reach more people over 40 like us. Follow us on Facebook at Old Cow LLC and join the Old Cow Podcast Group on Facebook and Instagram. You can listen to future episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and anywhere else you listen to your podcasts. Check back every Monday for new episodes. Have a great week, everyone. And remember, old is not a fact. It's a state of mind. This podcast is produced and edited by Allison Zhang and is a product of Old Cal Media. It is hosted by Jill Norris and Ava Lancaster. 